0: Delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town.
1: Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. In episode 56, Oscar continues his conversation with Guy Strong. Guy Strong played for Coach Adolph Rupp on Kentucky's 1951 National Championship team. And even though he only played basketball for two years at Kentucky, his career in basketball extended to Eastern Kentucky University both as a player and a coach. With coaching stops at Louisville Mail High School, Kentucky Wesleyan, Oklahoma State, and Clark County High School, Guy Strong remembers quite a bit about those days and he shares them with you and Oscar. What former player of Coach Strong's ended up playing and coaching for the Harlem Globetrotters? And who was the Kentucky Wildcat that left Coach Rupp to pursue acting? And who was the assistant coach that had a unique way of cutting the cost on pencils? You will get Guy Strong's thoughts on Coach Adolph Rupp, Coach E.A. Diddle, Coach Hank Iba, Coach Harry Lancaster, Cliff Hagan, Lusiropoulos, and many more teammates and players. Guy Strong was labeled as a great shooter when he came to Kentucky. And as you're going to find out, he's even a better guy. It's Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. And his guest, Guy Strong.
0: How did you get the job at Eastern when you were at Westland? Did, uh...
2: Dr. Martin call me, or he had a couple of his lieutenants call me and invited me up. In fact, I stayed at his house. And under, uh under wraps, I guess you'd say. <laughs> and uh, he offered me the job, and I, I took it.
0: Was it like a dream come true? I mean, well, it's
2: it's going back home. My wife is from Irving also, so we were going back home for us. Share
0: with people that listen to this that were not around 40, 50, 60 years ago, but OVC was a big deal in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s.
2: Yeah, they uh, we, we had... Uh, you know, a lot of interest in uh there were several players from the OBC that went to the well, Bobby Washington and uh, Garfield Smith both played in the NBA from from Eastern. And of course Jim Bechtel had played for in the NBA. And
0: uh But but the the, the, the rivalries back then Oh oh between particularly well, western, western and eastern.
2: Western and Eastern and Moorhead and Eastern. Yes. Very intense rivalries. And, I mean, you you got big crowds. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, I see. But to think, you know, the thing, Oscar, about coaching, I never had animosity toward... I wanted to beat them real bad. But Bill Harrell married a girl from Irving. Now, Bill Harrell being at Moorhead. Being at Moorhead. Yes. And uh, so I knew him from him visiting in Irving. He even played baseball with us one summer. When I was playing. And Bob Laughlin
0: had some big teams there at Moorhead before that.
2: Yeah, Coach Uh, Laughlin. And then, of course, Bob Wright replaced hmm. uh, Bill Harrell. And then the people at Western, when I was at Wesleyan, we scrimmaged them during Christmas or during uh, Thanksgiving, rather. And so, John Oldham and uh, all that crowd. Did you ever get to know Ed Diddle? He was, I played for him in an all star game. He tried to get me to come to Western. Uh, 1948. I didn't make the Kentucky-Indiana All-Star game, but they had a Ohio All-Star game. Paul Walker, who was a legendary coach at Middletown, Ohio, he played for Mr. Diddle, and uh, he coached the Ohio All-Stars, and we played in Western, so I, I practiced down there for about 10 days. Yeah, he tried to recruit me. And- 50s and
0: 60s, Western was considered a, Major, major basketball program.
2: Well, they were one of the few schools in Kentucky besides Kentucky that got invited to the play in Madison Square Garden. Yes. Of course, Mr. Diddle, he made sure that they got plenty of Jimmy Sid and country hams and, <laughs> and Kentucky bourbon and so forth. Ned Irish ran, uh, ran the Madison Square Garden at that time.
0: How big a disappointment was it to you to see the OVC, and and Eastern and Western and Moorhead sort of slipped just because of the changing times and the arms race, I guess, in money?
2: Well, I guess it's economics had a lot to do with it. I don't know, uh, but uh, it's been uh, been tough because they brought in people from Missouri now and Illinois, and uh, it's not the same because... In the old days, you had the four Tennessee schools and the four Kentucky schools. That's the way it was when I was there. And you kind of lost some of that rivalry when when they went to the bringing crews in from, uh, well, even now they got what, Jacksonville State's Alabama. Yes. You, know.
0: you, you come to Eastern, you have some success, quite a bit of success. What do you remember most about the highs and the lows of your time in well, Eastern?
2: Well, uh, the best part about was my 72 team. I thought Florida State beat us one point in Knoxville. We missed a couple of free throws that we could have upset Florida State. And they were runner-up to UCLA that year. And they were loaded. Hugh Durham was coached at, at Florida State then. And uh, that was probably the highlight of uh, my tenure there at Eastern. And uh, we still get together with that group. Uh, we usually try to get together at least once a year and have dinner together.
0: And so you finally get the big calling and that is Oklahoma State. How did that happen? Uh,
2: it shouldn't have happened, but it did. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> well, they they put a lot of money on it, but if if I had done a better job of vetting the job uh, I wouldn't have gone. I didn't realize so many of the built-in negative factors that were involved. Uh, I had turned down the New Mexico State job. I was offered that when I was at Westland, and I didn't take that. Felt like it was too far from home, and I, I wish I'd listened to my inner instincts.
0: Was the money just that great?
2: Well, it was good. A lot better than what I'd been
0: and of course at that time still in the Big Eight conference, not right the Big right, Twelve. Right. Uh did you think that, you know, being there you didn't have that many great basketball schools in that well, league. You, you, you had you Kansas. Just,
2: you had to go. There weren't many players in in Oklahoma at that time that were division one wow. players. And uh as a result then uh, you know, you just you had to go too far to recruit and get the players. So we just we had a recruiting problem there at Oklahoma State. Plus, you know, they weren't willing to fix up the facility, which they did later. Did you ever get to know uh, Hank Iba? Real well, Mr. Iba treated me like, like a son. Head football coach was an old Lynch boy, Jim Stanley. How tennis did you have at games out there at that time? We had good crowds, but my gym at Clark County was better than that gym. <laughs> what did you do after that? When I got fired at Oklahoma State, we came here and I got into school administration. Didn't intend to coach again. I was just kind of fed up with the rat race and the recruiting and all. Lake Kelly left after school started. Went to Joe Hall as a Red assistant with him in... Uh, 84, 85. ...wanted to get back in. I don't remember the year, but he went with Joe. And so the superintendent called me in and asked me if I'd take it for a year. Well, we we won the uh, King of the Bluegrass that year. And then we got beat in a regional tournament. Maysville beat us in the regional. So uh, I stayed on then. That was 1983 and uh, 83, 84. And... So I stayed on. Then we won the 10th region in 1986, 89, and 90. And I was assistant principal. Then I became principal in 1990. I was principal from 90 to 95. Did you ever urge to come back and pick the whistle up again? Well, uh, I never did use a whistle. I always whistle myself. (laughs) I never did use a whistle. But uh, the superintendent in 95 asked me to coach again, and I said, well, I can't be principal and coach. So he said, well, you don't have to. I'll move you to central office. So I went to the central office then and coached uh, for until 2001, six years.
0: Guy, let's talk a little bit about the friendships you developed the people you played with played for, played against. So let's start out with Bill Spivey.
2: Now Bill Bill and I were real close, had an extra special relationship. And as I said, uh, we barn, I barnstormed with him when uh, they were declared ineligible. And ironically then, when I was stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, he was traveling with the Detroit Vagabonds, and uh, I was on the Fort Polk team. And I played in a game with them because they'd gotten two guys hurt the night before, and uh, this this shows you how the money is nowadays, as compared to then. Doug Atkins, All Pro in with Chicago Bears, was playing barnstorming with Spivey to make money in the off season. Jim Lyon. Jim, he was two years ahead of me, and uh, he he was a real scholar. He was a electrical engineer. I saw him later when I went to Oklahoma State. He worked for an oil company there in Tulsa.
0: Walter Hirsch.
2: Walt, I thought, should have been a Major League Baseball player. He he was the best baseball player we had, but uh, he got involved in the fix, and as a result, he was barred from pro ball, just like Beard and Groza and that group. Bobby Watson. Bobby was my roommate. We, and He was like a brother, too. He was just extra special and uh, of course i when I coasted Westland I got to see him every day because they practiced at two to four and we practiced four to six thirty. So I got to see him all the time.
0: Dale Barnstable.
2: Dale was older than us and of course he was married so we didn't see much of him except at practice.
0: Lucian Whitaker
2: Skip was a he was a excellent six man he was an explosive player and uh quite a financier his uncle was uh president of the wilson company which is a big finance company in louisville
0: leonard pearson
2: then was uh we called him whitey he was from chicago Rupp always had he'd get a couple of players out of chicago of course uh, Barnstable is from that area. Aurora out in there. Reed Morgan. Reed was a unique individual. He was a bit actor in Hollywood after he left at UK. He was. He told Coach Rep. He said, "Coach, the next time you see me, you'll have to pay to see me." <laughs> Rep said, "I'll be damned if that's so." <laughs> Roger Day, Roger Day, Day. Uh, he was ahead of. Uh, he he was a senior when I was a freshman. So uh, he he took me on the recruiting when I was when I was being recruited. He's the one that was assigned to me to take me to dinner at Canary College. You remember that?
0: No, I don't. That's before my that time. That was a
2: restaurant downtown, Garland Towns. Harlan was a hazard boy. He, he'd he been in the Marines three years, and uh, Rupp always gave him a lot of credit for making Beard the player he was because he was a tough, hard-nosed, didn't shoot the ball that well, but defensively he could guard anybody.
0: Walter Whitaker.
2: He never played. Walt, Walt just played a freshman year. And so he was gone after the freshman year. Yeah, he, he didn't.
0: Roger Lane.
2: Roger Lane was a junior college player they had brought in in case Spivey didn't pan out. He was came from a junior college in Arkansas, and he was about 6, 8, or 9 and was a lot more mobile than Bill, but he just wasn't as big. and Bill was a dominant force, offensively and defensively. Now, defensively, he'd knock a dipstick in the mud, I tell you. <laughs> white price speedy was a he was a good athlete and a great teammate c m newton c m and I both played baseball, so we were pitchers, and he signed a pro contract, but we were both probably a half a step slower being a a bona fide starter
0: Frank ramsey.
2: One of the all-time greats. And my buddy, we still communicate about once a month. He owns the Bank of Dixon, Kentucky.
0: Lou Seropolis.
2: Lou's another great buddy of mine, and I regretted seeing him pass away. He was a principal down there in Louisville. Cliff Hagen. Cliff was a roommate of mine at one time. Bobby Watson and Cliff and I roomed together one semester. Cliff, uh, I played some tennis with Cliff. He still plays tennis, even with two knee replacements.
0: <laughs> Cliff will always have a
2: racquetball in his hand.
0: Uh, some, some some, of your former players that you had uh, from Mail High, Dallas Thornton.
2: Yeah, he played with the Globetrotters for 20 years. He played in the ABA a year or two, and his knees were real bad. And he knew, he knew he couldn't stand up for that. He went with the Globetrotters. And in fact, he even coached one of their teams.
0: Ronnie Phelps.
2: Ronnie played at. Uh, he he was all state for me, and I moved him from forward to guard his senior year, and he was a three-year starter at Baylor University and captain of the team. At Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, Dallas Thornton. Well, Dallas, as I said, he—he he was a glutton for punishment. He played for me in high school and college.
0: Good thing you didn't go to the NBA then. you
2: had him again. <laughs> George Tinsley. Yeah, George is hes a living proof of his success story. He's a grew up in Smoketown area of Louisville, went to Mayo High. He owns a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Winter Haven, Haines City, and Auburndale. He owns a food court at Miami International, food court at Tampa, Before it. He and Junior Bridgman own the food court at Stanford Field.
0: So you shouldn't go hungry then? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sam Smith.
2: Now, Sam was the glue that gave us the, the title when uh, 1966. We had... Uh, we had an exceptional group of kids. Uh Sam was from Hazard and Thornton and Tinsley were from Louisville and my two guards were uh well Thornton and uh and then I had a big six seven forward from Shawneetown, Illinois. He hit when we beat Akron in the semifinals, he hit uh, fourteen out of fifteen from the field.
0: From Don the- Bradley.
2: His name was Don Bradley.
0: E.K.U. Garfield Smith.
2: Well, Garfield played with the Celtics, and uh, I just had him the one year. I had Bobby Washington two years, but uh, Garfield, uh, he had a good career in the NBA. He lives in Richmond now. And, of course, Bobby Washington played with uh, Cleveland. George Bryant. George was one of the all-time leading scorers at Eastern and he was one of Scotty Basler's stars with Marathon Oil. From Burnside, Kentucky. Charlie Mitchell. Charlie was from Louisville Seneca, played for George Unsell. And uh, he and Brent were average 22 and 20, I think, their senior year for me at Eastern. They were exceptional offensive basketball players.
0: From... Just names of the time in sports, particularly basketball around here. Letcher Norton.
2: Oh, Mr. Norton was my good friend, a good buddy, and just a super nice guy. He he was still living here in Winchester when I first came here, and I went to visit him several times, and then he got into bad health. But in 80, in 90, when we played in state tournament, he came to the game. That was the last time he was able to get out.
0: Eastern Kentucky coaching legend, John Bill Trevitt.
2: Oh, John Bill was my buddy. He he always wanted to bring his team to Louisville, so he would come down and play uh, us a game, or he'd play in the LIT. And, uh, yeah, we were always good friends.
0: Ralph Carlisle.
2: Coach Carlisle, uh, yeah, he's one of the legendary coaches, too, and, we were able to beat them my senior year. We beat Lafayette in the regional tournament. But he and my coach, Joe Orr, were good friends. And he was a – see, all that bunch were uh, – Carlisle and uh, Aggie Sale and all that bunch, they were all tied into Kavanaugh, Coach McBrayer. Coach McBrayer said one time the one of the ladies on the school board had a son on the team. And Lady Kavanaugh came to him and says, Coach – miss so and so said if if you don't start playing her son he's he's going to transfer to the other team and give him all of our plays. he said if he knew the plays Mr Cavanaugh he'd be playing more
0: a <laughs> couple of coaching legends that everybody from Kentucky knows over the years first e a ed Diddle.
2: oh Mr. Diddle was my buddy he he really wanted to recruit me I played for him against the Ohio All Stars. Yeah, he, he loved anybody that could shoot. Mr. Diddle never, he didn't worry about the defense as much as he wanted to develop people offensively. And he, he would, he'd take a high school center like Bob Daniels and make a forward out of him. He did that with several players and had exceptional luck. Pick Hickman. Yeah, Mr. Hickman was at U of L course, he was the A.D. there also when I was at Mayo High, so we always had a lot of connections with, with U of L when I was at Mayo. We'd get their student teachers, and we had a good relationship, working relationship with those people.
0: Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier as the guy who hired you, but what do you remember most about Dr. Robert Martin, who was considered one
2: of the most powerful university presidents in the history of this state? He was Dr. Martin was. He was a straight-up guy. As long as you, he'd scare some of them to death with the way he'd treat them. But if you knew what you wanted and you did your homework, there was not a greater person than Dr. Martin. And he brought me there, and he treated me exceptionally nice. Harry Lancaster. Harry treated me like a son. He was, he and he, when I came back here after I left Oklahoma State. He was A.D. and uh, we had some good times together. And Harry was very frugal. One of our football coaches was helping John Ray, and he sent him to get pencils. So when he went to Harry uh, Coach Langster, he said, uh, "What does he need them for?" He said, "We're voting for captain." He said Harry counted out ten pencils and broke them in half and them <laughs> to.
0: A guy who, a guy who has uh, achieved so much, he's been retired many years on a small college level here. Donnie Lane at Transylvania.
2: Of oh, uh, he did an exceptional job. He, he's just, uh, he's a coach's coach, and uh, he called me one time. He was offered a job at a bigger school. I told him, I said, you got a better job than that. <laughs>
0: You you knew him as a, as your coach, but your thoughts back on Adolph Rupp as a coach?
2: Well, Coach Rupp was ahead of his time. You know, he was he was a tough taskmaster, a tough disciplinarian, and he was at the top of his game at the time I was there. He was during that era what Wooden was in the sixties.
0: I'll ask you a couple people here that is different, a little different level, but you know what I mean. Nobody has been around UK longer than Humsey Yesen. Oh,
2: Humsey Humsey was the manager, of course. When I was a freshman, he was the manager for basketball. Then he stayed on and uh, he helped out, and uh, he'd still help Coach up. He'd come over and. And officiate uh, some of our scrimmages. And, and Coach Rupp would say, No, Humsey, that's not the way it was. He said, Coach, and Humsey's coming of his own accord, doing it voluntarily. And he said, Coach, that's not the way I saw it. Humsey, if you don't want to call it the way I want you to, just don't come back. <laughs> Johnny Odom. Odom. He's a gentleman. He's a real fine person. I played golf. I went down and played in West Strader's golf uh, scramble four or five years in a row. I'd ride with uh, Steve Hamilton and Sonny Allen. And you talk about some tall tales going down and back.
0: Let's just go to those two right there, Steve Hamilton.
2: Super. Gentleman. Steve Hamilton, one of the finest gentleman I ever knew we played against each other in college and then in the old bluegrass league in baseball
0: the late Wes Trader.
2: oh Wes I met him when uh, I coached the Kentucky College All-Stars against Indiana and uh, Darrell Carrier was the star from Western and he played and Wes and I became friends and after that I played in every scramble he had in Bowling Green He was a legend.
0: From the high school days, people, first of all, Ted Sanford, what did he mean to the early development of the KHSAA?
2: Mr. Sanford was the glue that held it together. And he was a very disciplined person and had tremendous values. And I'll tell you one story that typifies how the old timers handle things. Jim Mitchell was coaching at Harrodsburg, and he had brought Clem Haskins up to play with Eddie Bodkin and Terry Mobley. And Mr. Sanford called Jim up. He was a friend of Jim's oldest brother, and he called him up and he said, Jim, I understand you got the Haskins boy from Taylor County. He said, I hope that's not true. I'm sending Joe Billy down tomorrow to check it out. And Mitchell said he took him home that night.
0: (laughs) Billy Joe Mansfield.
2: He was always exceptionally nice to myself and Earl Cox. Uh, Joe Billy was, he was like Harry Langster was with Coach Rupp. Joe Billy was loyal to him, and he never, ever did anything that would cause any Mr. Sanford any grief. Tom Mills. I didn't know Tom that well. But Earl thought a lot of him, so he had to be a good guy. All uh,
0: right. Gotta throw this name out. Everybody asked it one time or another. Happy Chandler.
2: Oh, we, we uh, loved Happy. He was he and Coach Rupp were just like just like brothers. Happy was a commissioner of baseball when we were playing in New York. So he'd always come down to the locker room, be with Coach Rep.
0: I always like to ask coaches this question because I know I'm going to get a silly answer because it's a silly question. <laughs> Who's the best referee who ever worked a game for you?
2: Lord, I, I, that's hard to figure I, I had a lot of good buddies. I like Red Struthers. He's the one that ejected me at, Le- at Richmond. But he, he worked a number of my games when I was at uh, Westland. He worked Missouri Valley.
0: Uh, best player you ever competed against as a player,
2: opponent? Walt Frazier was pretty good.
0: Best coach you ever coached against?
2: I always thought Bill Harrell was the best high school coach I ever saw. He won three na- uh, state titles at Muncie Central. Only... Indiana Coast ever win three titles.
0: Best coaching decision you ever made?
2: To go to a zone against Southern uh, Southern Illinois, they had beaten us twenty points two weeks before. We beat them. We upset them in the finals of the tournament in 1966. And I switched to a one-three-one zone second half, and they went cold, and we beat them 54-51.
0: Worst coaching decision you ever made? Probably when I went to Oklahoma. Well, I was going to ask you this. I ask anyway. The worst job you ever held? Did you just answer
2: it? I, I, I don't know. I, I always, every job I took, I thought. Uh, The least productive job I ever had was Oklahoma State, but there were a lot of factors that went into that.
0: Best player you ever coached?
2: That'd be hard to say. I've had a lot of good ones. Best decision you've ever made in your life? When I married my high school sweetheart. Married 64 and a half years.
0: Most influential person in your life?
2: Probably my father, or probably my mother, I'd say, really. Parents, let's just say parents.
0: Was there a particular moment in your life, that early childhood, that impacted the rest of your life that you look back on? No, no.
2: Back to sports. What can you say good about sports today? Too many people have gotten involved in trying to give kids advice, They're not allowed to just grow up and be kids. As I said, uh, we didn't have uh, organized sports until I got to be the ninth grade, so I didn't have somebody trying to tell me I did this wrong or that wrong, and and we were just kind of allowed to make mistakes and kind of develop at our own pace. If you could turn
0: the clock back 60 years... Is there anything that you would do
2: differently at all? I don't. I don't think I would. I. I've never regretted anything that I've done. How would you like to be remembered? He done his damnedest. <laughs> uh, you know, in other words, I. I wanted to maximize everything I did. I. I wanted to coach kids and try to develop them. Not only as players, but as human beings. And I still have access with kids that played for me at Mail High uh, in the 50s. One of them came to my wife's visitation. He lives in California, has a condo in Louisville, and on syndicated horses and all that. But they still remember those days playing at Mail
1: Many thanks to Guy Strong for being a guest on Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. For part one of Oscar's Conversation with Guy Strong, that's episode 55, and you can find that at OscarCombs.com. There you can find other episodes of Conversations, including Humsey Yessen, Billy Ray Leckard, Terry Mobley, and John Adams. Don't forget you can subscribe to Conversations through your favorite mobile device. Conversations is available through iTunes, the Google Play Store, and now on Stitcher. Search for at Wildcat News and subscribe, and each episode will be automatically downloaded to your mobile device. And for all the news and views on the Big Blue, follow Oscar on Twitter. He's at Wildcat News. I'm Bo Robinson, thanking you for listening to the latest episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. And as always, go Big Blue.